Back to the point. Long shot in traffic. Shot scores. A bouncing puck. And it is swept into the net by Gallagher. After it explodes and comes right back to him in front of the goal. Win streak and point streak over. The Leafs fall 2-1 here to Montreal at Scotiabank Arena. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Nick Alberga, joined alongside Gord Stelic at the Gold Muzziak. Gord Stelic, many thanks to Sam McKee and Danielle Furtado for their hard work behind the scenes. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca, who took in this game tonight, will drop by in about half hour from now. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe and others in the first regulation loss scored for the Maple Leafs since almost a month, January 20th against the Edmonton Oilers. And this one, too, had this, you know, it's apropos that it wasn't so much Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner that were the difference makers, even though they looked like they were going to be. Yeah. Played great. These get the goal early. This had Brendan Gallagher written all over. This is exactly a sneaky little Brendan Gallagher type game. And, of course, he uh, comes up with a goal and assist. He gets the game winner. And, and it, it kind of turned that way. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great run for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what they've been able to do is come up with a couple of goals when they needed them in, in a lot of ways to start that first game against Montreal when they were down by two, tied it, won in overtime, and thought this was going to go to overtime as well. And, uh, yeah, good on Montreal. They took control of the game in the second period, and they never really gave it back. And they kind of seemed to hem the Leafs in their zone. There were seemingly bouncing pucks the Leafs couldn't click on. Something just started missing, and you sensed the, the, the momentum going Montreal's way. And as I mentioned, you were kind of hoping, okay, let's get to overtime. Let's get at least the one point and see if you can get back on track if you're the Toronto Maple Leaf team. Oh, most certainly. And I think sometimes you've got to tip the old chapeau here. Um, the desperation level as the game went on, I thought, favored the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we talked about it in the pregame. With a regulation loss, Montreal would have been seven points back. I know the Habs have struggled as of late, especially offensively, but they're a really good team. And uh, you know, you get 10 matchups throughout the season. There's going to be different variations of these meetings, aren't there? Yeah, we started off, you talked about the word distance. Like, the Maple Leafs had a chance to put a lot of distance. Yeah. Like, take first place with a considerable amount. And in Montreal's case, they didn't score a ton of goals. They're the highest scoring team in the NHL 10 days ago, but scored twice in a loss against Toronto Wednesday. Got shut out by Edmonton on Thursday. So the big question was, where is the Montreal goal scoring? And for... Over 40 minutes, that was the case tonight. They had not scored one. So they, you know, they found a way to win. What the Maple Leafs have been doing of late, Montreal did. And give them credit. Whether you want to call it sense of urgency, not not a sense of panic or a yeah. must win or anything like that. But they really seem to hone in on, we really need this game. And it's funny, I'm just looking, you know, at social media world. And mm -hmm. a, a couple saying, the Leafs look tired, which is fair to say, but they shouldn't be. Montreal paid, played on Thursday, you know, game in between. Leafs have had two days off, whatever. But they... Yeah, the Leafs, if that, you know, give Montreal credit, they made the Leafs look tired. You're right. And again, folks, there's 56 games for a reason. There's 82 in normal times. You're not going to have your best effort every night. Again, I think sometimes you've got to tip your cap. Montreal found a way, and, and most similar to the first game of the season where, um, you know, certainly I thought Montreal was the better team. Toronto came from behind, won that game. It's going to happen. There's still seven more meetings, including next Saturday night at the Bell Centre. So, uh, full credit to Montreal, but, you know, we'll hear from Sheldon Keefe later on. I, you know, I think there are positives to take from this game. I think defensively speaking, it's leaps and bounds from the past, Gord. Like, I like what I'm seeing from this team, even if they struggled offensively. 
Because more times than not, with the firepower on this roster, you're going to find a way to score some goals here. Yeah, no, exactly. And they knew that the back end was what the last year they worked at it. We know with Tyson Berry and Cody Ceci, and uh, and that didn't happen. And yeah, there, there's just much better buy-in and team defense uh, all in all. Different kind of game. Just one power play for the Leafs, none for Montreal. So the power, you know, it's one reason a little bit lower scoring because special teams didn't come into play. But just some weird stats. And uh, so hits were 46-16. For Montreal, so basically a three to one margin. What was it? Eight was it eighteen to one after the first period? Yes. And block shots, Leafs block twenty one, Montreal blocks four. And you saw like whether it's Ilya Makayev or a lot of guys uh, putting their body in front of it for the Toronto Maple Leafs that way. But the the hitting you're looking at, you're thinking, okay, the Leafs did they get like physically kind of manhandled? No, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, it's uh, probably from when the Montreal was chasing the game a little bit more early on that they accumulated a lot of hits, but it's just kind of a in, couple of interesting disparities there on the stats board. You're right on that front, and, and certainly I think when you look at trying to create some distance as well, um, you know, don't forget, as the Montreal Canadiens scored her off for the next week. So I know the Maple Leafs have, well, Montreal, when we, when we talk to them and see them next week, they'll have three games in hand on Toronto, but I think, you know, for Toronto, it's time to bounce back. I know you lose tonight. It stings. It's against a team you're probably going to face off against, against for first in this division. You get the Ottawa Senators coming up three times here in this week. Yeah, boy, and they're they're playing hard. They're playing hard. So, uh, you know, but they are, when I say ripe for the taking, yeah, this is one that you should, should count two out of three anyway for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, again, you got to go out and play the game. So, be good test because they're going to, uh, you know, three games in four nights. So you can imagine four lines will be going and maybe some guys going in. Maybe we'll see Joe Thornton back because uh, Joe Thornton and Nick Robertson apparently on the verge of being ready to return. So that would give you a little bit more depth to throw in there that way. We expect, I would think, to say, my, see Michael Hutchinson yeah. in one of those games. But anyway, uh, Freddie Anderson has really seemed to be got it all going for the, for in goal right now, his style for the Maple Leafs. The three stars to victory, again, are three stars, I should say, in this game. Brendan Gallagher, Tyler Toffoli, the Scarborough native scoring in this game, so he continues to be on fire. And uh, Mitch Marner, who scores his seventh of the season in this loss for the Maple Leafs. Again, uh, Austin Matthews, not officially, but uh, a 12-game point streak, 11 goals in that time, so he picks up another point. But again, disappointing overall because the Maple Leafs fall 2-1 here in regulation. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9. of the fan chime in with your thoughts on Twitter at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. And again, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca uh, coming up later on. But from a goaltending standpoint, it, it was just a really... You know, bizarre game. Like, there wasn't many opportunities, if that makes sense. But I thought both goaltenders hung in there. And I, I continue to like what I see from Freddie Anderson so far. Yeah, and both teams on the team defense side, they did not give up a ton of scoring chances. And, and you're you're 100% right about Freddie's deportment, the word I use. But yeah. I've loved it. And, uh, again, this bouncing puck, um, I don't get it. Uh, just Wednesday was in Montreal. This is in Toronto. So it's not like it doesn't just go around with the Leafs. The bouncing puck. It's not like just, the Raptors are here either. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they don't they don't have to you know lift the take the ice out or put the boards over it or whatever they do. So yeah, that's just one other thing that was out there a little bit today that the Leafs had a chance if you would have got good wood on it or you shot a little bit more wide and what have you. But you know again it was part of for first little while particularly Marner and Matthews. I mean there were there was there were some early clinics going on. Then it then it kind of settled down, so it was not the marquee, super entertaining game that maybe we hoped it would be. And again, as you mentioned, uh, starting Monday, a game will have a Leafs Nation post game for before the uh, full broadcast coming up Wednesday and Thursday against Ottawa. I, I think clearly another positive to take is that a couple guys who've been injured are on the mend. 
uh, Joe Thornton, Nick Robertson assigned to the Toronto Marlies. We should probably see him at some point in time this week uh, in a bottom six look. And, you know, a loss allows Sheldon Keefe to tinker with this lineup. And I think it's positive news to get guys back clearly in this lineup as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Because it, it really is a lot of injuries that they've accrued in the first few weeks. We know Simmons will be, it was a week ago, he had the two goals. And unfortunately now, I guess five weeks left because it's a six-week injury. But, uh, yes, you know, and Joe Thornton, I could see, you know, we mentioned earlier with uh, uh, everything going great. Well, now after tonight, you got a loss, so you're, you're, to your point is, you, you, if it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And now you can look at, and I'd put Thornton back on the first line and just, you know, get him acclimated and, and get him to play with good players. And that's something Sheldon Keefe has uh, shown right from game number one a propensity to do. So let's hope that becomes. I say happy predicament, but having a lot of players, you got to figure that out. That is a happy predicament. You're right, and because I, you know, I look at this season as a massive lesson, a 56-game lesson plan to get you set for the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're going to have your ups, you're going to have your downs, the ebbs and flows of a of a natural NHL season, and you're going to have those tough losses. Just ask the Winnipeg Jets who lost late in regulation to the aforementioned Ottawa Senators. You're going to have these types of games. I think you know we've mentioned it throughout the broadcast early on this season. You're not going to have it every night, and the level of desperation sometimes will be upped for the former and the opponent, and we saw that from Montreal tonight. So as long as every game, win or loss, they can grab something from that game and say, this is what we liked, this is what we didn't like, I think you continue to build as this season progresses. Let's not forget, Gord, how many times in recent memory did we talk about Tampa? It's all about you know, getting hot at the right time, and that they did. Granted, there was a long layoff, they get to the bubble, but they found their way. That's the thing I'm, I'm most genuinely looking forward to seeing is the Maple Leafs, how their game is come the springtime into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the play was decades ago when they say, you'll laugh, you'll cry, whatever, all those. <laughs> and that's kind of what it's going to be like following any, any team over a 56-game regular yeah. season. Big thing, key this year compared to last year, they never started properly last year, and they never recovered for it. It was a hell of an accomplishment just getting back in the playoff hunt when the pause happened, and then they never really got going in the uh, playing round in the bubble as well. So this year, and this losses aside, because they will happen, uh, that's one thing they've done. And really, for the start of this period, they started on time to use Mike Babcock's term, and you know had had a lot of mojo going, and then good on. Good on a very good Montreal Canadian team, a very much improved Montreal Canadian team. But the Leafs still, uh, they're banking points. They're still in first place by a comfortable margin. And uh, it probably, if you lost two out of three out of Ottawa, again, mm-hmm. there's, there's no panic and whatever, but that would, that would certainly be disappointing if that were to be the case. Again, it's all about the season objectives. You know, number one, first and foremost, paramount, it's health. Number two, um, you know, get cooking at the right time, resting your netminder. Uh, I mean, there's so many different elements that go into a successful season. And again, among the storylines is, is, is not only capturing first overall in this division, getting home ice. Who knows how the world's going to be, uh, you know, in Canada down the road when you get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But you have to have objectives in mind. And there's going to be some turbulent times along the way. So I always say don't get too high, don't get too low. Because perfect example is Montreal. Two weeks ago, they, they were guns ablazing, couldn't be stopped. And the last couple games have been a struggle. And as much as we don't like to admit it, there are going to be times like this for this Maple Leafs team throughout this season. Yeah, Madison Square Garden in New York, what is it, about a week's time or so, they're allowing 1,000 yep. fans in the building. And we've seen, you know, some of those NFL venues, you, you put 6,000 fans in a 60,000-seat stadium, they make a lot of noise. Yeah. Because it's almost, they try, to, they try to multiply by 10 what they do. So, uh, so home ice with minimal fans, if that were to be the case, would certainly be a positive. But you're right, you, you went back. I know you meant the first thing, priority beyond the other thing, staying healthy yeah. and getting hot at the right time, making the playoffs. Because last year, that almost didn't happen. That was an assumption, and it almost didn't happen. We're here 
they're just yeah they're getting themselves in a good place and they got they've got a lot of landing still a lot of runway still to you know keep the game fine-tune the game and really hit game number usually game number 83 but game number 57 this year and and that's where you really want to take it to the next level not to mention that's why it's important early on in this season Gord, that they stacked up some points in anticipation of games like this where you thought you had a victory lined up and then you sort of blew it in the third period but again montreal deserves a lot of credit and I think, you know, my one thing I've noticed from the Leafs so far this season that has been a tad different from years past is their ability to play different styles of game. I thought they hung in with Montreal in this game. Again, the Habs out hitting Toronto 46-16, to but don't look too directly into that stat because it means you're chasing the game a lot. But I think from that standpoint, the one thing I've really, really noticed, Toronto has been bullied around this season, and it continued in this one. I liked how Jake Muzzin played. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they found different ways to win games, just like different ways to compete tonight. There's just a, whatever that it factor is, that intangible, uh, how you go about winning a game and making the difference. And as I've, as I've mentioned for so many years, uh, we've seen it with other teams about, you know, the star players, you play well, but then kind of like Ottawa's facing now or Vancouver's been facing, you play well, but things aren't going well, so you end up losing. And that was the Leafs for a long period of time. It's interesting on Matt Sundin's 50th birthday, we think back, that's kind of the last time the Maple Leaf team with Pat Quinn running it had that kind of flow about being a, a dominant team and being in the playoffs and having success in the playoffs. So uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. I miss those matchups. Saku Koivu, the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, against Matt Sundin, the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Would love that rivalry to come back here in the year 2021. Again, that's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga here in Leafs Nation postgame. Toronto falling for the first time in, what, 10 games. Their first regulation loss since January 20th against Edmonton. 2-1 the final. Uh, Toronto was up 1-0 after 40 in the third. A pair of goals for Montreal. Tyler Toffoli and Brennan Gallagher. I still have my wonders with Montreal offensively. I know they've, they've cooled off as of late, but I think... If there's one thing we know about this team, they can grind their way to victory. They're made for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I truly believe that, Gord. Yeah, and that stat before Wednesday's game of a goals for a 4.00 per game, which was unbelievable and hadn't happened for decades that a team had gone through a regular season. A lot of that was feasting on some bad, like, Ottawa Senators-type mm -hmm. games. A lot of it was that for the Vancouver. Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, <laughs> Vancouver, because that, that's, your, that's not the Montreal style by and large. They play a real solid team game. But uh, any offense is a plus for anybody. And, yeah, now they've got what uh, it's dried off a little bit. So they got four goals in, in their last three games. So just a little bit over 1.33 goals per game compared to 4.00 before Wednesday. And, again, the Habs off for an entire week. Yes, their next game is next Saturday against these very same Toronto Maple Leafs. The out-of-town scoreboard, again, three postponements in the NHL on this Saturday. They're supposed to be 13 games down to 10. Now final on Long Island, the uh, New York Islanders 4-2 win against the red-hot Boston Bruins. Tuka Rask, 38 saves. Uh, Semyon Varlamov has to be in the running early on for the Vesna Trophy. He's been tremendous. It continued tonight. And uh, J.G. Pajot, two goals up to four on the season, put it away late with a shorthanded tally. And Matthew Barzell, the game winner, his sixth of the season. He's been outstanding for the Islanders. Yeah, he has. And we kept waiting for the Boston Bruins to come back in the last two or three minutes. But yeah. uh, did, didn't happen. did not this time. And we have a battle of Florida, which wasn't much of Ooh. a battle tonight. The Panthers had beat Tampa Bay last time. Tampa Bay adding more and more Stamkos Sorelli out of the lineup. But no score after one period of play. Then uh, Tampa Bay got four unanswered goals in the second period. This is, and this this is the old Florida rivalry kind of score. Tampa Bay six, Florida one. You're right, and that's the bounce back that you're looking for. Uh, you know, from the Maple Leafs uh, when they play Montreal, when they play Ottawa on Monday, that the defending Stanley Cup champions always seem to rally and find a way and bear down. Again, no Sorelli, no Stamkos, among others, no Kucherov. 
uh, during this regular season at least. And Tampa is still 9-2-1, and one, so nice response there by Andre Vasilevsky and company. Um, games happening right now, Gordo. The Carolina Hurricanes up 2-1 after 40 in Dallas. Jason Dickinson, his third. Jordan Martinook, his first of the season. And Tavo Taravanen must have uh, seen that I was ripping on him in fantasy hockey in my uh, <laughs> podcast the other day. Uh, the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast finally scores his first of the season. But one thing nobody really is talking about is the effect of COVID, right? And guys who go on the COVID list come back and the impact that has on players. And I think Taravanen maybe will never admit it, but I think it has it's had an impact on his slow start here. Well, everyone, a lot of players have been in COVID protocol. Yeah. And Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid uh, were positive for COVID, you know, before the bubble and then Connor McDavid after the bubble. And we make this assumption they're all asymptomatic. But no, they haven't been. The ones who've had it, who've had symptoms, um, you, t- you know, it knocks the crap out of anybody that has it. You're lucky if you get it and that's all it does for you. These guys are playing professional sports, okay? They're not sitting at home doing jobs like most people are able to do right now. You can't play your NHL game from home. So you're absolutely right that factor is if you really had some COVID symptoms it's, it's going to take a little bit of time meantime Gord uh, I don't feel bad ripping on the Nashville Predators they stink uh, terrible three nothing Detroit after 40 that's a gimme that's a game you got to go in there and win here in a back-to-back with Detroit and they're laying an egg it's it's three nothing after 40 for Detroit in that game yeah and uh, we mentioned teams like Ottawa Vancouver going the wrong direction we never thought never thought I thought it'd be Detroit not so much Nashville and uh, every every trade David Poyle made just looked good and mm. has turned the other way from this team that made it to the Stanley Cup final not that long ago. Yeah, they've gone downhill from then, uh, no doubt about that. Columbus up 2-1 after 40 in Chicago. Patrick Liney a goal and his first career fight in that game against Brandon Hagel. And St. Louis, that best of seven continues against Arizona. It's 3-2 for the Blues after 40. We'll hit the break. Uh, just getting started here in Leafs Nation. Post-game still to come. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca. Sheldon Keefe as well after a 2-1 loss for the Maple Leafs here at home to the Montreal Canadiens. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter. And this is Leafs Nation post-game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Let our trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game here on the Leafs Nation post-game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Marner takes a glance over his shoulder, misses a hit, but gets it down into the Montreal zone. Approaching four minutes, a pass in front of the net, they score! Miner in front of the goal, and the quick hands of Austin Matthews steals the puck, and Miner, for the first time in his career, has a goal against the Montreal Canadiens. Who would have thought that two and a half hours ago that would be the only goal the Maple Leafs scored in this game, and that's a rough estimate at that. Mitch Marner is seventh of the season, the lone goal for Toronto here in this 2-1 loss to the Montreal Canadiens. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan again still to come. Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca, Sheldon Keefe, and others. Uh, but just it's a rarity this season to see Toronto lose in regulation. The nine-game point streak over, Gordon. Yeah, you're hearing Joe Bowen. You go, man, life was good back then. Three and a half <laughs> minutes into the game, the Leafs get an early one nothing lead. Matthews, Marner clicking. And he mentioned that's the last of the 30 NHL opponents uh, for Mitch Marner now. He's got them all covered. That was the final one to get at least one goal against. And thought there were going to be many more. And after the first period of play, I thought Montreal was uh, very fortunate just just to be down one nothing, but in the second period is when uh, they took control and it became the 
Greasy Brendan Gallagher, perfect type game for him to be the hero for the Canadians in the third. It's weird how it works out sometimes, and that's why it's, it's never a bad idea or a bad game plan to throw the puck on net and lands right on the stick of Brendan Gallagher. He's probably scored a billion of those in his career. I was got a fresh cut, too. Did you yeah. notice that after? Where I don't know that? when it happened. but they got, uh, Don't they have a curfew in Montreal, Quebec? <laughs> 8 p.m., can't leave your house. you got yeah. police monitoring I don't know, I don't the streets, know what he's, but he's getting haircuts. I don't know what he's doing, but anyway, he... Uh, Cutting corners. That kind of game. Well, whatever. They'll let him do anything in Montreal, but uh, they just... That's part of it. And, they, and he's an interesting case because it seemed like uh, there was going to be a parting of the ways. And then all of a sudden, the next day, he signed a new contract. Yeah. Remember all that? So just the understanding what he meant to the team. And, and really, that's where Bergeron really got it and about keeping him on board. I couldn't get over how emotional both parties were about that. Maybe it was just staying at home. and It was like a lover's spat they had or something. <laughs> and they went to their corners for 48 hours and just felt terrible, felt awful to think they would want to, to not be with the other. So you're right. It was, a, it was an interesting theater for a couple of days. As a lover of trashy reality TV, I've seen it time and time again through this pandemic especially on Love Island, one of my favorite scores. So. <laughs> now you know. I'll take um, your word for it. Tough transition. We hear now from the captain of the Maple Leafs, John Tavares. John, what made it tough to, to generate offense against the Habs as this game kind of went along tonight? It's just one of those kinds of games. just seemed like uh, there wasn't too much room. Uh, just weren't as uh, in sync, I think. Um, maybe with some of our passes and, and just being a little bit better connected and executing. One, two, three, two, three plays in a row to be able to, you know, open up some open ice and get some looks, and I think we can do a better job getting to the net. When two teams play together in short order, we're expecting adjustments. Did they show you anything different tonight that, that stood out? Well, they, you know, they came in with obviously a sense of urgency with the way the last, uh, you know, few games have gone for them. So, you know, they, they played hard, just tried to play physical. So, um, obviously, I think we're aware of uh, some of the things that we do well. Um, that's part of it. We've seen it throughout, the, you know, the season so far. So, you know, we have to find a way to break through. Next up, we'll go to Luke Fox. for set. Go ahead, Luke. John, on a different note, it was reported tonight that you and Sam Gagne are going to operate the Toronto Marlboros. Um, when did that come together and why is that uh, important for you? Well, it's still kind of in the process, so I don't want to get too much into it. There's still some, some things that need to be completed, but... Uh, uh, just a bit, Sam kind of approached me uh, uh, when the opportunity kind of presented itself to him with, uh, over, the, over the course of the offseason. So uh, when the time's right and, and the kind of process plays out, we'll uh, kind of have more of a formal update uh, uh, on it. But uh, obviously, uh, the organization means a lot to us. Thank you. Next up, we'll go to Josh Cumberton, Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. Hey, John, it was kind of an, a low-event game through 40 minutes. What did you see in the third uh, where, they, where they kind of took control? Well, they just, they just kept competing uh, hard. They were physical. Um, and like I said, we just weren't able to be as in sync as we'd like to be and find that another level to our game. Um, you know, we got off to a good start, uh, had some good, uh, you know, good opportunities, some good uh, offensive zone time, and, and we just weren't able to find another level to really take control of the whole of the game and put them on their heels. They knew they were going to come out and play hard, and we just didn't uh, find another level um, in terms of uh, uh, the way we need to execute. And last one here, we'll go to Jonas Siegel, the athletic. Go ahead, Jonas. Hey, John, I was just wondering if you feel like the line is kind of inching closer to, to really breaking out. Yeah, I mean, we're, I think at times we, we'd like to sustain a little bit more in the offensive zone. I'd like to see us get a few more pucks towards the net um, and just get towards the net a little bit more. Um, you know, when uh, you, know, you want to 
create opportunities. You want to find open ice and find each other, but it's sometimes just uh, uh, getting pucks towards the net, uh, winning some winning some loose pucks, and just being hard on it around it. Uh, generally, will will lead to some good things and, and allow some of those uh, plays to open up uh, uh, throughout the offensive zone and throughout the ice uh, to have a little bit more time and space. I think we had some good shifts tonight. Obviously, we we got to find a way to to come through. And last one here, we'll go back to Josh Cleverton, Canadian Press. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, just looking ahead to uh, next week, you know, Ottawa only has three wins, but just the challenge that they present and that you guys can't overlook them, John. Yeah, there's no easy game. Uh, there's no automatic wins in this league. It's very difficult. Uh, you know, they they played us well the two games in Ottawa uh, early in the season, and, and uh, they'll be ready to play. They're going to come out and compete. Uh, they'll be well organized and, and structured, and, you know, their young players will only continue to, to, to feel better about uh, their game and, and playing at this level and, and starting to figure things out so you know uh, they'll get better as uh, as time goes on. Um, just can't take uh, any game for granted. Really got to coach them all the same. Okay, there's uh, John Tavares and at risk of getting ripped on uh, Leafs Twitter. It's always hot, especially on Saturday nights. Um, I want a bit more from Willie Nylander, Gord. Um, earlier in the season, you could miss the guy out there. Now you can't find him. Yeah, at first, you know, it's funny with Tavares, we were just talking about it, that nobody seemed noticeable after a while for the Maple Leafs because, and I can remember Mike Babcock's Detroit Red Wing teams when they hung tough for so long, there was no ice out there. No ice. And good teams do that. And tonight was one of those games that as it got going, Montreal Canadiens and the Leafs, but Canadians weren't giving the Leafs a ton of ice, so guys just weren't as noticeable. But yeah, Willie Nylander uh, is back to the... Is it the Willie Nylander funk or what? whatever it is? The, the maddening part of Willie Nylander and why you kind of put him in a different category is he can have a highlight reel two-goal game and then he can have uh, two games or whatever that he totally seems to be missing in action. And he, seen, he, he certainly had one of those tonight. Consistency is the name of the game. And with that in mind, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up TJ Brody, Gord, who I think game by game is getting better and better. And sometimes when you don't notice him is, is the best thing. Like, I think he's really settled into this Maple Leafs team. Considering everything we talked about going into this season, the illustrious history and recent memory of Leafs uh, free agent signing defenseman going... Um, you know, very, very wrong in a hurry. Uh, it's been a nice welcome addition to see TJ Brody find that consistency early on. Yeah, there's just, yeah, there's been some like Jeff Finger. Shout out to Mike Commissaire. Mike Commissaire, Jeff Finger. Remember that? Like just some, I try to forget it. Really, like just they, they were batting almost zero uh, in free agent signings as far as defensemen go. And uh, this one, and, and boy, in the year when all of a sudden the flat cap emerged and you had to change your, you had a, your economic landscape changed dramatically, that when you chose to invest in one particular player with good numbers, uh, money-wise, you better make sure you're not wrong about that. And it looks like in the case of T.J. Brody, uh, that you know, he's not going to be an all-star, but just, some, just someone that's steady and can yep. play as a core four, and he certainly has been more than able to do that. And I'm sure Mark Giordano would speak uh, volumes about the importance of uh, what T.J. Brody brought to the table, right? Oh, no no question. Yeah. No question. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah, part of that Calgary D, they had a lot of depth that way, and he was, uh, Giordano got the Norris Trophy one year, but certainly T.J. Brody, a big part of the excellent depth. Deserves a lot of credit, no doubt about that. The Maple Leafs fall 2-1 to Montreal. After the break, we'll welcome in Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca, who took in this game tonight at Scotiabank Arena. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic on Twitter, at the Golden Muzzy, at Gord Stelic. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network.
point, the postmortem continues on Toronto's first loss since January 20th, 2-1 here at Scotiabank Arena to the Montreal Canadiens. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9. The fan on Twitter at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. Rather tame on Twitter, which is great to see. It's just one loss and it was a nine-game point streak and a four-game win streak. And uh, I got another positive. They have Ottawa coming up, but they better be ready to play, Gordo. Uh, yeah, Ottawa, big win today against the Winnipeg Jets. They seem to have got their act together this week. So it's a team that um, the way they're playing now is they won't beat themselves. They're very beatable. If you're the Leafs, if, they, if you're the Leafs, you would be assuming two out of three games this week. But you better show up and play. No doubt about that. Time to welcome in uh, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca who took in this game tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Now, Luke, to quote the great Tim McAuliffe, superstat or meaningless number, Montreal outhits Toronto 46-16. to Superstat. Um, I just asked uh, our friend Sheldon Keefe about that, and he said that that was a factor in the game for sure. He said that, uh, you know, as the game wore on, he noticed his guys were tired. Um, they were taking shifts that were too long. Uh, they were a little bit out of, out of sync in terms of connecting on passes. Uh, and it's hard to deny that the, the physicality kind of wore the Leafs down uh, over the course of the game. Uh, but credit Montreal. I mean, they came up. They didn't come out strong, but um, they responded strong in the second and third period and used that to their advantage. I mean, they needed this one more than Toronto, but good on them for, for you know, putting that forth that effort and using the body and, and kind of staying patient and squeezing out a victory here. Yeah, and that's where I think it's apropos that it's a greasy Brendan Gallagher-type third period that makes a difference, yeah. right? You know, you come off with that, start with that great, I mean, Marner and Matthews looked like they were going to get five goals, just phenomenal start, but at the end, and, and, it's, and it's funny, the, the, the hits, now you mentioned it, we were kidding, or not kidding, but people on Twitter saying they look tired, which the Leafs have no business looking tired, but Montreal, that sense of urgency that they needed more than Toronto was probably the deciding factor. Yeah, and I'm, I wonder if um, that strategy, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't been used more often in the North Division. Like when you keep seeing the same opponent time after time after time, it's kind of like little mini playoff series in that way in which every hit's a bit of an investment. Um, so, you know, it was interesting. Joel Edmondson actually before the game said you're going to see a much different team tonight. And Claude Julien goes out and, and gives Thomas Tatar uh, you know, a, a healthy scratch, which, you know, he, he was their leading scorer last year. He's in a contract year. Um, that sends a message not just to Tatar, but to the whole team. Um, and it was a Brendan Gallagher type of night. You know, he gets, he gets an assist, gets a goal. Uh, Freddie Anderson actually kind of wondered about if there was a high stick when he when he knocked it down but that that play is not reviewable but uh i think montreal deserves credit i mean they were the much stronger team in the third period and the way i look at it is really toronto should have taken a a, a two or three goal lead in the first period but credit carrie price for for standing on his head and not letting that get away from them with luke fox of sportscent.ca breaking down a 2-1 loss here at Scotiabank arena to the montreal canadians nick alberga and gord selick with you on leafs nation postgame Luke, do you feel like we're not giving Toronto enough credit uh, overall as a you know, media conglomerate here in Toronto um, about how, how much improved they are defensively? I thought they were pretty decent in this game from a defensive standpoint and have been pretty much this whole season. They're fantastic. I mean, yeah. it, took, it took, like, you know, greasy goals to beat them here. Um, and they're keeping most things to the outside. There aren't a ton of odd man rushes coming at Freddie Anderson. 
tonight, I think the Leafs had over 20 block shots. I mean, that's that's a commitment defensively that we haven't really seen too much of before. And it's almost been an identity shift. Uh, I, I know Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas kind of drilled it into the, the returning players that, you know, if you're going to be the, the type of team that you aspire to be, which is, you know, let's be honest, the Stanley Cup team, you have to commit on uh, when you don't have the puck. You have to get back and back check. And the good thing is that their best player, Austin Matthews, is leading the way in that regard. And then he goes out and finds some defensemen who really play defense. Like, T.J. Brody was, had a fine night again tonight. I, I've been really impressed with Zach Bogosian, especially at the price point they got him at. He's just kind of solid. You kind of know what you're getting every night from him. Um, just kind of knows where to be, does a smart, safe play. Uh, you know, this is a much improved defensive team. Yeah, you know, Luke, the, it's interesting your point you make about, yeah, it's an investment when you're physical because normally in an 82 game uh, non-divisional rivalry, it's an investment for whoever they play the next time. It, you know, so you don't do it as much. But now, about the hitting and being extra physical, I'm also surprised early on. Just Tatar adds to. I know Konechny had it one night, Mantha another night. I, I'm missing a few others off the top of my head, but teams that have sat out healthy scratches early in the year of of pretty prominent players. Yeah, I think it speaks to the urgency of the 56-game season. There's no time to, to mess around, so I think coaches seem a bit more willing to, to reach in the toolbox and, and bring out what is, is a pretty heavy weapon right away. Uh, you know, I, Pierre-Luc Dubois, right? Like, that wasn't the healthy scratch, but it was an in-game benching. Uh, Patrick Laine, um, Tony D'Angelo got a healthy scratch before uh, he ended up on waivers and now you know future unknown uh sam bennett like there's been a bunch um so it's it's pretty interesting just how tense things have gotten around the league so early really is remarkable but again it just shows you the urgency of a 56 game schedule uh luke last one for me at least um what do you foresee when it comes to uh you know we we hear that joe thornton and nick robertson on the amend uh, to returning what are you hearing on that front and uh, building off your poll question from earlier today on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. at Luke Fox, uh, Jukebox, uh, who would you, uh, what would you do with Joe Thornton? Would you put him back on that top line? I think that's what they're going to do. Um, it's kind of hard to, to take Zach Hyman off it when the chemistry uh, between Marner Matthews and Hyman is, is so good. I mean, it, they're almost guaranteed at least one goal a night. I mean, that was the trio that, that connected to, to give the lead, the lead tonight. Uh, they've been phenomenal, but I, I really think that Sheldon Keith wants a bit more balance in his lineup. He wants to, a third line that he can depend on, uh, and you bring a veteran like Zach Hyman, uh, fierce sport checker, uh, playmaker, um, you know, on, on more than one occasion. You put him with Alex Kerfoot, and you have a little bit more depth throughout. I don't think you take away Joe Thornton's spot just because he got hurt. I, I would guess that, that when he comes back and all signs point to him coming back as early as as monday um that he'll be back up on that top line but it will be it will be kind of interesting because it does mean that they're they're pulling hyman off there when the chemistry has been fantastic right now as for uh nick robertson he's gonna go with the marley so uh you know he won't 
Keith and, and Dubas, they want Rasmus Sandin and Nick Robertson playing games. They think that's best for their development. Um, Robertson's still um, obviously kind of getting back from his injury, so you know they kind of want to ease him back into action. But Keith did note that uh, he'll be back up sooner than later. So I would expect to see Nick Robertson on the Leafs bench uh, you know, again this year. So, okay, goaltending, do you believe Michael Hutchinson will get one of those Ottawa starts? And also, we hear good news, at least Jack Campbell was on the ice. Yeah, finally. Um, They've been pretty, um, uh, keeping it close to the vest in terms of the timeline for Jack Campbell. Uh, And the interesting thing that they keep said today was that if Campbell was healthy, Frederick Anderson probably wouldn't have started all these games. Uh, I think this was his eighth in a row. Um, I do think Hutchison gets one in the back-to-back, yes. Fair enough. Uh, Luke, you are forever Valentine. You know this. Thanks so much for this. <laughs> All right. Have a good Valentine's Day, gentlemen. You as well. There you go. I'm, I'm blushing. Luke, I'm blushing. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Luke. All right, bye. <laughs> Anytime I can make somebody laugh, especially in these times, I'm happy about it. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much to Luke Fox. We'll hit the break. Other side, we'll hear from Sheldon Keith, and we'll wrap things up. A 2-1 loss here against Montreal. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan. I'm so over this. I don't even know anyone who's had COVID-19, and it's not like I'm at risk. We don't see many people, just a few neighbors and close friends. It's fine. We wear a mask and everything. We're really careful. Excuses won't stop the spread of the deadly COVID-19 virus. Until we all get the vaccine, stay home as much as possible. Visit Ontario.ca slash COVID-19 for more information. Paid for by the Government of Ontario. Toronto fans are fired up. The Leafs are back on Sportsnet. This season, what are the fans saying? Brody Bogosian Simmons. We just got tough. Might even say truculent. We got Jumbo Joe. When you hear what they think about their rivals. The price is wrong. There's no love lost between some rivals. Battle of Ontario, it's on. It's on Sportsnet all season long. Sportsnet. If there's one vehicle made for winter in Canada, it's a Subaru. Whether it's rain, sleet, or snow, Symmetrical All-Wheel Drive works full-time to give you all the traction you need to be safe on the road. And if there's one dealership ready to help you through this winter, it's your local Subaru dealer. By ensuring all safety protocols are in place, we've made shopping for a Subaru as safe as driving one. Book your appointment and bring on winter safely at your nearest Subaru dealer. Blue and white at night. Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Montreal 2, Toronto 1 here from Scotiabank Arena. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic on Leafs Nation postgame. Sportsnet 590 The Fan at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic again. Toronto back in action. Three straight games against Ottawa and then wraps up next Saturday against the very same Montreal Canadiens. With that in mind, we hear now via Zoom, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon, uh, where did you uh, start to see things maybe slip away from your group to end up with the result you did tonight? I would say, you know, towards the end of this, uh, end of the first period, um, started to get away on us. Uh, you know, I, I thought that we started the game, I thought through the first period, you know, I thought we could have could have very easily been up at least two or three, uh, nothing. 
um, with some of the point blank chances that we had and missed. Um, so I'm not sure whether that discourages, discouraged us or maybe made us think it was going to be a little bit easier night. Um, don't know what uh, what it was, but they, they had a real strong push coming out of one of the TV timeouts there in the first. And uh, I, I thought we were really just disconnected and played tired in the tail end of our shifts um, uh, for the, really for the remainder of the game. So, um, no, we didn't make good on, on the chances that we earned in the first period. And we had more than enough offense there in the first to, to blow this blow the game wide open. And uh, didn't you know, didn't capitalize or didn't go our way, and, and then uh, our game was a mess from there. Next up, we'll go to Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Sheldon, what kind of spin did the special teams have tonight? Uh, no power plays for you guys, um, or just one power play? I guess in the whole game, I, I guess the silver lining would be you didn't take any. But uh, what do you feel about that situation? Yeah, well, we had an opportunity. I, I thought our, our power play again, uh, you know, that maybe is, is an area you could look at where things started to go south on us a little bit. Uh, we were really, really disconnected there um, and just kind of continued that way. We really struggled to string together uh, passes after that, which is found just really bizarre because I thought the start of the game, the way we were making plays and moving the puck is as good as we've looked uh, for quite some time. And then... Uh, you know, it just uh, just got away on us there. So, you know, it's uh, a lot of things have been going our way here for for a long while. Um, today, uh, today it didn't. And we didn't we didn't uh, help our own cause, but we got to regroup and uh, get ourselves ready for what's going to be, uh, you know, a very difficult uh, three games against Ottawa. Next up, we'll go to Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Sheldon, Montreal had over 45 hits. How much do you think their physicality um, either tired you out or, or made you get out of sync a little bit? Yeah, I think that would be a factor for sure. You know, I thought, like I said, I thought the way we started the game, um, with the way we started the game and, and things were coming relatively easy for us off the, off the start and, and we didn't make good on it and I think it just allowed them to, to get into the game and they were probably a little frustrated with the way that the game started and they just started focused on physicality and I, I do think that's part of what just made us tired and, and had us playing on the back half of our shift um, uh, tired um, you know we had real long shift lengths and stuff like that where we just couldn't get couldn't get off the ice couldn't stream together passes so you know, I think that that was a factor in the game for sure we'll take two more we'll go to Terry Koshan Toronto Sun go ahead Terry Sheldon, where's your satisfaction level right now with the uh, production you're getting from the second and third lines at five and five? I, I, yeah, I think I think we would, we'd like to see we'd like to see more for sure. I don't think we're we're satisfied. I don't think the players there would be satisfied with it. Um, that said, I, I think uh, there's a lot of a lot of good things happening, especially when I look at uh, JT's game uh, defensively. Uh, in comparison to a year ago, a uh, season ago, uh, in terms of how he's playing, the structure he's playing with, and what he's uh, not giving up defensively, um, there's a trade-off there for sure. And, and he, like a lot of guys on our team, are trying to find their way to create offense without giving that defensive stuff up. But um, you know, last season we were creating a ton for our second line, uh, you know, and giving up a ton. Uh, so I think we're, we're trying to find a better balance there. And the defensive side of it's been good. Again, tonight again, I mean, we didn't give up very much at all. 
uh, again tonight. And, and uh, we had one enough offense generated in the first period to win the game. We didn't make good on it. And uh, you, don't, you don't win in this league by playing one period or three quarters of a period. And last one here, we'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Sheldon Austin mentioned that Carey Price's ability to kind of play the puck uh, on dump-ins kind of disrupted the rhythm a bit. Did you sense that as well, that contributed to the inability to get set up in the offensive zone? Yeah, that's part of it. But, but uh, I mean, every goal in the NHL, if you just make it easy and, and give them the puck, uh, you know, they're going to start the other team's breakouts. It's hard to forecheck. So, like, you had to do more with the pressure and... Uh, pressure and the numbers they had in the neutral zone didn't allow us to place the puck where we would want it to be able to get a strong forecheck. So it's a combination there. The job they did clogging the neutral zone uh, that allowed the puck to sound like he was getting out and knocking them down. I thought there was a lot of rolling pucks that just came right to him. But uh, especially that start of the third period, that was, a, that was definitely a factor. Pretty crazy for a coach whose team is 11-1 through and one through 15 games. 11-3-1, I should say, through 15 games. Sheldon Keefe scored rather critical tonight. Well, up on nothing, you know, just looking at it in the mm. kind of game you thought you'd be up a lot more. So uh, as he analyzed it, I, I kind of I really enjoy listening to him. And yeah. I hadn't thought about it, but really in a lot of ways, Lance Hornby asked the question. There was only one power play in the whole game. Leafs had it. Montreal had none. And Sheldon really thought that's when they started deflating, that Montreal had the best chance of two-on-one shorthanded, and they've been killing it this year, what, seven shorthanded goals so far. And I think about it, go, yeah, because we thought Leafs were up one nothing, get the power play, get it clicking, get that second goal, which seemed overdue for them. And then after that, really ineffective power play, uncharacteristically ineffective power play, not that they didn't score, just didn't do anything. That that's when the, the tide started shifting. So just a little bit of everything that Montreal's physicality made a factor, made his team tired. You know, Carey Price handling the puck, although he says pretty well every NHL goal center does. But just all these things started to accumulate, and all of a sudden, slowly, like in a in a boxing fight where the Leafs, the first two rounds have been pounding away, and you think a TKO is imminent, then the middle rounds, the judges start giving Montreal just a little bit more in the scoring system. You're right, and I don't think it's a bad thing to be this this critical early on. Again, the team's been pretty damn good so far. I think we can both agree you win 11 of the first 15 games for sure and you're first in your division by three points still on the team you lost to tonight but again as we talked about earlier on it's all it's all about building towards the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah and he uh, you know Mike Babcock's first year was funny because Mike Babcock was like a you know kindergarten teacher just explaining about his kids they're trying real hard and but we're not good enough and you know whatever and I'm, I'm not saying that mockingly or derisively I just and now it's just like the expectation is you're the best team in the North Division, okay? So you're going out expecting to win every game and compared to other years, knowing you're not going to win every game, but basically that way. So he's breaking it down. This really wasn't one. This really wasn't a great one to let slip away from what the Toronto Maple Leafs 2021 are supposed to be. It was not, but again, throughout a season, they tend to uh, even out. And uh, the Maple Leafs next look forward to a three in a row at home against the Ottawa Senators. A reminder all, we'll have Leafs Nation postgame coming up on Monday night following the first of three installments this upcoming week with Toronto and Ottawa. And I know uh, the Sens have been sort of the laughing stock of not only this division, but the league. But again, they always play the Maple Leaf tough. Uh, and we saw that earlier on this season, Gord. You know, it's funny as uh, this whole discussion came about a whole generation that keeps telling us, what are you talking about, this Toronto-Montreal rivalry? I know nothing about mm -hmm. it. It's not been... But you think about the Battle of Ontario... And that was 20 years ago, you know, and that and that was a real battle. I mean, that was incredible. The, and, and the Leafs broke Ottawa fans' hearts so many years in the playoffs, much like Boston's done to Toronto Maple Leaf fans the last number of years. So 
it hasn't been that way lately. And I don't know if it'll get there this year just because mm -hmm. Ottawa Ottawa's rebuilding. But they will be in the same division, the Atlantic division. And it could get, like, you know, when they get back next year to having Montreal and Ottawa in their division along with Tampa Bay and Boston, I mean, we could really have some great rivalries that get built from the experiences in 2021. It is fair to say the, uh, the Ottawa Senators on the upswing. Again, it's going to be a turbulent year, but with the prospects they've, they've built up there for sure. Uh, not to mention a bit of a minor trade on Saturday, the Ottawa Senators involved with the Carolina Hurricanes. Ryan Dezingle back in the mix. He won't play this upcoming week. He'll be in quarantine for two weeks. Uh, welcome to 2021, but Galchenyuk and Paquette out the door to Carolina. Well, Galchenyuk played eight minutes the other night. I, he's been in quarantine while he's been playing for yeah. the Ottawa Senators. He's been on so every team in the NHL, I think. I'm waiting for his Toronto jersey to arrive. So that, that's even a worse way to be. So, uh, yeah, they want they need a little bit better veteran presence there. So Dezingle won't be in for these three games. You're if right. If you bought your tickets based on seeing him. Nobody's buying tickets. Uh, you if you theoretically, hypothetically bought Virtually. your tickets. The yes. virtual tickets, those are always fun. How about the yoga with Connor McDavid today? Maybe you bought <laughs> tickets to that. Uh, I like it. Excellent job, and uh, we'll reconvene on Monday, okay? Sounds good. Looking forward to it, Dick. There you have it. Gord Stellick, make sure to join us again on Monday for Leafs Nation postgame. For now, the Maple Leafs fall 2-1 here to the Montreal Canadiens, their first regulation loss since January 20th. Uh, many thanks to Luke Fox, Danielle Furtado, and Sam McKee. For Gord Stellick, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.